Hey there, thoughtful listener. Would you like consistent and predictable sales activity with no spam and no ads? I'll teach you step by step how to do this, particularly if you're an agency owner, consultant, coach, or B2B service provider. What I teach has worked for me for more than 15 years and has helped me create more than $10 million in revenue. Just head to upmyinfluence.com and watch my free class on how to create endless high-ticket sales appointments. You can even chat with me live and I'll see and reply to your messages. Also, don't forget, the Thoughtful Entrepreneur is always looking for guests. Go to upmyinfluence.com and click on podcast. We'd love to have you. With us right now, Rich Coppage. Rich, you are over acquisitions with Acquira.com, and that's Acquira.com. It's A-C-Q-U-I-R-A.com. Rich, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Josh. Appreciate it. All right. I'm looking, what does it, I'm looking we, forward to this. <laughs> yes, yes. Tell, tell us what Acquira does. So Acquira at its heart um, is... I like to call it a more like a buy-sided buy, training, advisory, and investment firm kind of all rolled into one meant to help um, what we call acquisition entrepreneurs acquire businesses. So think someone who's looking to acquire a small business, maybe they've come from corporate America or their current business owner, um, and they're looking to acquire a small business in Mostly our specialty niche is around home services, um, mm -hmm. although we, we've looked at businesses kind of outside of that realm, but yeah, it doesn't venture too far away from that. So we like kind of the home services businesses, if you think about um, plumbing, HVAC, electrical contracting, um, roofing companies, but also all of the subs related to construction, think, you know, even pool construction installation, um, think um, I don't know, mediation services, think uh, septic tank companies, think, um, you know, framing companies, flooring yeah. companies that will ma manufacture flooring and countertops, um, sell directly into the home. Um, we've even looked at kind of uh, infrastructure construction companies. We're starting to look at those as well. So we really like to focus on kind of what I would consider construction and um, trades type opportunities, companies with trades people. Um, so those, those are really kind of our, our that, that's really where we're really focused on. And we, and we used to, back in the day before we were, we kind of transformed ourselves. We used to actually, um, as a firm acquired uh, digital companies and do digital roll-ups. So think um, e-commerce type opportunities, but we feel like in the space that we're in now, it's a little bit more recession resilient. Um, the businesses aren't, you know, subject to uh, what we call platform risk, you know, where Google or Amazon could change the terms and conditions um, or their policies and put you out of business. Um, we feel like these businesses are going to are necessary regardless of whether yep. the economy is going up or down. Um, and so we really like the space and we like to support entrepreneurs who are looking to acquire in that space. And we also acquire um, through one of our divisions, um, we call it Snowball. We actually are actively acquiring businesses as well for our for our portfolio. Why is it such a good idea to buy an established business as opposed to just starting one from scratch? 
Well, <laughs> I worked for a number of technology startups, by the way. Um, <laughs> so I understand all the work that goes into it. And yeah, you can have a huge pop at the end if you're, you know, establishing what I call a new frontier market, um, so to speak. But I think the biggest reason why you might want to buy a business versus trying to start one is it's a, I won't say it's, it's a lot more simple process. I won't say it's easy. It's easier, but it's a simpler process in that you're establishing a business that already has product market fit. Um, usually the larger the business, the more solid, you know, management team and systems that you already have in place. Um, so you really aren't, you know, you're, you're getting something that's established um, and it may be established in the community as it's, well, it would be established in the community as well, as opposed to trying to start something, trying to figure out if it's, if there's a good product market fit, investing a whole lot of money up front for no return and beginning. These businesses usually will come with a certain amount of cash flow. So if you're stepping out of the corporate world mm -hmm. and you're looking to, you know, at least have some cash coming to you to support you and your family, this is a lot better option than trying to start up a business. Now, that's not to say I don't, I don't have anything against startup businesses. I mean, again, if you've got a world changing idea, you can come up with the next version of Facebook or Amazon and it's going to put them out of business, then by all means, hey, there's going to be a venture capital firm that supports you. By all means, go for it. But I think there's very, the, the opportunities for those types of businesses are few and far between versus going out and buying a mom and pop operation that's just looking to, to switch hands. You know, maybe the owners are looking to retire. They've already got established, you know, established brand in the community. And for you to just kind of move in and take over that, I think is a lot, is a lot more stable of a proposition than trying to start up a business from scratch. Yeah. I mean, and, and we really didn't even talk about the risk because yeah. you just starting an HVAC company, you're going to have to like, it might work. It might yeah, not it work. Might, exactly. <laughs> you know, you're going to have to hustle, hustle, hustle to get that book of business. And there are no guarantees you stepping into a market where, hey, there are already established players out there that, you know, they don't mind boxing you out. And, yep. you know, you have to build a lot of relationships. There's a premium uh, that I think is um, appropriate to pay for not having to deal with all of that stuff. Yes. That's it. That's it. Um, and you're, you're you're exactly right in that, you know, even like a startup, you know, HVAC or roofing company in a, in a particular market, you're you're already dealing with players that have established their brand at some yep. level or or another or another, or they've established themselves within the community, which has kind of created that brand. Um, and so, for you to try to figure out exactly, okay, how how much is it going to cost me to start my operations, to buy my trucks, to hire people, which is the I think when you're looking at a lot of these uh, smaller businesses, what we found is that one of the constraints to actually growing something, either from even from an established standpoint, is trying to find enough bodies to put in the seats to actually execute on your strategy, whether it's a, you know a sales strategy or you know whatever type of growth strategy you're looking at. It's hard to find good people out there, um, qualified mm -hmm. people. And so to try to do that from the get-go is going to be a lot more difficult than trying to do it from a business that's already got an established brand and, and, and employees that already in And the team, yes. Yeah, yeah. So. These, these guys and gals, they've already been doing the work. They yeah. 
you know, as long as you don't tick them off, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know you're probably going to retain those folks. And, you know, they already know how to run the company. Yeah. Um, how does the lending world work? I, you know, I'm thinking of myself as a lender. And if mm -hmm. someone says, hey, got a great idea, I'm going to start an HVAC company from scratch versus, hey, I'm going to buy an established HVAC company with an established book of business and a team like it's like as a bank. Mm -hmm. I would be much more likely to want to lend more money to that second scenario. What's your experience with that? Yeah, banks, you know, there's an old saying that banks will give you money when you don't need it. And then when you need it, you can't get it, you know. And so when you think about it from that perspective, banks don't like to, they don't lend to startups. I mean, generally, I mean, unless you're a, you're a player who's already built a startup from from scratch and sold it for a ton of money, paid off the bank, that maybe they'll take that risk on you. Um, but as someone who may be coming in to buy a business, you know, doesn't have that startup cred, so to speak, uh, banks are going to look a lot more favorably on, you know, at a current a business that's already established versus a startup. Uh, and the reason being is because typically with a start with a with an established business, you're you're already going to have cash flow. Um, yep. to support alone, you're probably going to have, you know, some of these businesses don't have a lot of assets, but in, in, you're going to have probably have some assets in which they could use as collateral in the business. And the business is just this, it's stronger track history is going to be more attractive, um, going to be more attractive to the bank, uh, just because, you know, they have to really deal with trying to underwrite a, a loan for the business and trying to understand, you know, the sustainability of that cash flow. If you've got a historical, you know, sustainability record versus not, they're going to feel a lot more comfortable lending against that type of, a, of an asset versus a startup. Um, so it's a lot harder with startups. You're probably looking for friends and family money to get mm. you off the beginning. Then you're going to a, in a, a seed capital investor um, or angel um, investor. And then as the business starts to grow, you start to get you know, maybe get get a foothold with maybe maybe a venture capital fund uh, from that standpoint. But even then, I mean, the chances of actually getting venture capital money, I think, out of one thousand uh, business plans that go to venture capitalists, maybe one percent actually yeah. get funded. Yeah. So I mean, even then, at that point, at that point, it's tougher. Um, yeah, and so, that bank, you know, that bank money. I mean, it might come at a pretty significant cost because it's yeah. higher risk. Um, yeah. How do um, you know when you're looking at acquiring a company? Let's say it's a service-based business like an HVAC or something. Um, how are the valuations normally determined? Um, how do the multiples look in order to get to that number? So let's say you have a company that, you know, they're pulling in five hundred thousand dollars a year. Um, yeah. Like how would how would a typical someone that's looking to exit say, well, the sales price is X? Yeah, so that can be a lot of a lot of the times it depends on if they're working with a broker or not. So sometimes, like in our, we have a, a proprietary sourcing team that looks for businesses that aren't like listed by a broker or anything like that. Right. And yeah. Maybe these owners don't <laughs> even know they, they're willing to sell until you call them up. Sometimes they'll, you know, you'll, you'll talk to them and, and a business owner, and if they haven't been working with a broker, they already have a number in mind that they think their business is worth. And it may, it's usually some really high number that makes no sense. And it's just a number to get them comfortable. Hey, I'm a million dollars. You know, you'll hear, yeah. you'll hear that, hear that term a lot, even though their business is generating $10,000 a year in, rent, uh, <laughs> in income. Um, generally, 
if you go to a broker, um, most of them will tend to essentially look at your industry um, that you're in um, and they'll compare it to sales um, or transactions that have been selling in, you know, over the last year or so within that industry. And they'll try to find out kind of gauge what the multiples are based on that. And then they'll, they'll apply probably an average multiple to your business to kind of give you an idea of what it's worth. So for instance, if you look at, um, I'll just say HVAC opportunities that, you know, that have been selling or the income has been around or the EBITDA or SD, and we can talk more about specific terms um, if you want to get into that. But let's just say the cash flow is about $500,000 a year. Mm-hmm. Typically those companies are selling at, you know, let's just say a three multiple of that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. maybe a million and a half. And that's kind of where a broker will start the pricing. Yeah. Uh, now, obviously, as you kind of get through the process with someone like, for instance, one of our, you know, any of our AEs are looking at the business and we're kind of advising them on the acquisition of this business. There's more that goes into the pricing than just kind of what the cash flow is. It's a lot depends on kind oh, of sure. what kind of cash flow that is. Yeah. yeah. Is there a management Re- recurring, team in place? Yeah. yeah. Recurring business, you know, recurring versus business. Oh, you got to go and hunt and, you know, exactly. hunt fish every day project, for new yeah. business. Project versus recurring. Um, you know, if the owner has heavy involvement in the business, you need to adjust for that. Um, you know, if the business um, doesn't have, you know, there's some positives, like if the business doesn't have a marketing um, plan in place, but at the same, at the same time, the business has been producing cash, you know, you, you realize there's an opportunity there. So you may be willing to pay a little bit more for that business because you can, can actually grow it. But for the most part, it's really determined from a table of multiples for based on what businesses in that particular industry have been selling for. Man, you know, I'm just thinking, you know, for the right person, I mean, just working out the math in my head here, let's see, you are able to get like, say a 10 year SBA or something like that, you know, in a scenario, again, you're gonna have to put your personal collateral in there for sure. And, you know, if you're willing to do that, though, you know, let the SBA, you know, and your lender, you know, you know, you got 10, 15, whatever years to pay it off, but yet your cash flowing exceeds that. I mean, you're stepping into a profitable business. Um, As long as you're willing to take the risk, you know what you're capable of. And, you know, it sounds like a great deal to me. Um, Yeah. yeah, So, uh, yeah, you're, you're, I want to, so your website, acquira.com, what makes you different than say, uh, you know, other brokers or, you know, maybe some sort of a directory of companies looking to buy and sell? Yeah. So first of all, we're not a broker. Um, So that's the one distinguishing aspect. Um, and we're not really a directory for, you know, to, for people looking for a business. Mm-hmm. I think you, the way you have to look at us is almost, I come from an investment banking background um, prior to, well, way prior to coming, coming to Acquira early in my career. So I almost like to say, you, you almost have to look at us as kind of almost like the small company version of, an investment banking firm that's going to help you source a transaction. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll train you on how to do that, but we'll also help you source a transaction. We'll help you vet the transaction um, or a business that you're looking to buy. Um, we'll help you craft um, offers for those businesses that tend to get accepted. Um, and then from there, we'll help you through the due diligence process. Mm-hmm. Um, 
in addition to potentially putting in equity on the deal as well um, to help you capitalize the deal. But then beyond that, we also have what we call post-acquisition integration, where we have a, a team that actually comes in. Um, it's basically what we consider like a change management team. And not I don't, I don't like people to think change management means you're going to come in and change all the management or all the employees from day one. That just means we're going to come in and help kind of help you systematize the operations of the business, uh, put the SOPs in place, possibly hire the right, if there's not people inside the organization that can step into leadership roles, help you hire the right leadership, train them. So essentially put your, your business on solid found, uh, foundation, on a solid foundation so that it can grow or scale and grow. Mm -hmm. um, so we do all of that, unlike a broker who's basically just trying to sell a business um, and nothing wrong with that. That's their profession. They're trying to get their commissions. And we taught, we work with brokers all the time because our buyers are always looking at brokers, uh, looking at biz buy sell or, or some of the other online broker sites um, to look for opportunities. Um, and then we're obviously, we don't just list businesses. So we do, as I said, I alluded to, we have a, uh, what I call an off-market sourcing team that's calling on about 3000 businesses a week. And they're primarily their their goal is to look for opportunities for us. Um, but you know, in the, in the interim, there's very few opportunities for us to kind of buy outright. So we tend to offer those to our partners within our program. Um, so it's another source of deal flow. But we're not brokering the transaction per se as a as a broker would be um, from that standpoint. So yeah. that's kind of what distinguishes us. So we we like to have our our incentives are aligned with the AEs that are within our system, whether it's through a capital partnership um, and what we call our, you know, our ACE team, which is our operations partnership where we can help grow the business and or just um, just through our partnership of, of helping more and more AEs become successfully, to successfully acquire these businesses, which then leads to potential exit opportunities to us down the road. So that's that's another benefit of working with us is that we can kind of put an exit plan in place with um, kind of, I, I, I don't, I'd never like to use the word guarantee, but with at least some where, where the AE has some modicum of understanding of what kind of maybe they might be able to exit out of this business with in terms of profits in maybe five years or so. So we offer those opportunities as well. So that's that's kind of, I think our distinguishing characteristics yeah, excellent. A lot of good resources on your website as well, um, including this article I was just looking at uh, about the best business sectors to buy in 2023. Um, aside from that, um, what's the next? So let's say someone's been listening to our conversation. Maybe they're already doing their due diligence on Acquira and they came across mm -hmm. this podcast and now they're hearing us. Rich, what do they do next? So the next thing would be would be simply go out to our our site and reach out to uh, you know enter their information or basic information and one of our reps will reach out to them and, and talk to them about the benefits of working with Acquirer and what it is that we actually do and how we might be able to help them and then from there if they decide to move forward there's a process internally where we'll onboard them into our under our different systems or what have you um, and then they just get started with First thing they usually get started on is the uh, the acquisition training um, that we provide. We like to say it's an MBA for small business acquisition at a fraction of the cost of an actual MBA because it's really based on the practical aspects of going out there and buying a business from sourcing all the way through due diligence, um, through um, post-acquisition due diligence or post-acquisition operations. So um, it's a complete um, training system that they'll implement. 
or, or go through. Um, and then from there, as they get through the training, there'll be steps along the way for them to actually start pulling down actual businesses, analyzing them and bringing them internally to our, uh, our investment committee, which then helps them do a deeper dive on the business. And then from there, um, if they want to acquire the business, then we can kind of take the next steps from there, whether it's through um, helping them through the due diligence, crafting the LOIs, helping them on the financing side, um, line up financing, um, as well as potentially um, a potential equity investment from us. And then we kind of help carry them all the way through to the close um, for that. Very cool. Rich Coppage, Director of M&A and Investor Relations at Acquira, the website acquira.com. That's A-C-Q-U-I-R-A.com. Rich, it's been a wonderful conversation. I want to keep talking with you afterwards. Uh, thank right. you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, Josh. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. If you're a listener, I'd love to shout out your business to our whole audience for free. You can do that by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or join our listener Facebook group. Just search for The Thoughtful Entrepreneur in Facebook. I'd love even if you just stopped by to say hi. I'd love to meet you. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. We love our community who listens and shares our program every day. Together, we are empowering one another as thoughtful entrepreneurs. Hit subscribe so that tomorrow morning, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. I promise to bring positivity and inspiration to you for around 15 minutes each day. Thanks for listening and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Thank you.